Support for Terrestrial comes from Westland Distillery. Seattle-based Westland uses locally grown barley to create new varietals of malt never before used in whiskey. The result is an American single malt whiskey that reflects the unique qualities of the Pacific Northwest. To learn more, visit westlanddistillery.com. Climate change isn't just contributing to drought, superstorms, sea level rise, flooding. It's also making it harder for many people to breathe. More than 24 million Americans have asthma. And as the temperature warms, that means more wildfires and higher pollen counts as growing seasons get longer. Some research has connected these changes with upticks in visits to emergency rooms for people with asthma. An estimated 30,000 kids struggle with asthma in the Washington metropolitan area. And one of them is 13-year-old Estefanie Velasquez. Like, it gets worse. Like, your heart, it feels kind of weak, and um, your lungs hurt sometimes. Well, my lungs hurt. Asthma rates are on the rise nationally. And health experts and scientists expect to see that trend continue in the coming years as the effects of climate change take hold. Today, we're going to hear about how one young woman and her family chose to deal with her asthma and what that decision cost them. I'm Ashley Ahern, and you're listening to Terrestrial, a show that explores the choices we make in a world we have changed. We asked Sasha Ann Simons to help us with this story. Sasha reports for member station WAMU in Washington. Hey, Sasha. Hey, Ashley. So we're going to return to Estefanie in a minute. But first, let's talk about the relationship between climate change and asthma. What do we know? Well, a bunch of asthma triggers can be exacerbated by climate change. Okay. Air quality, yep. pollen, mold. Mm-hmm. Though it's, of course, difficult to say that any one asthma attack or person who develops asthma, that that's caused by climate change. Right. And then there's ozone, right? In terms of air pollution, when cars and trucks spew out exhaust, some of those pollutants react to form ozone, which is a major component of smog. Mm -hmm. Ozone can cause permanent damage to the lungs and especially threatens people who have asthma. And then another factor in air quality is wildfires. We saw really bad wildfires across the West this past year. And with climate change, we're seeing more intense wildfires every year. So scientists have actually been able to correlate those bad smoke days with an increase in ER visits for for people with asthma and respiratory disease. But Sasha, there's pollen in the mix too. What about pollen? So warmer climate means Mm -hmm. a longer growing season in many parts of the country for ragweed or other flowering plants that release a lot of pollen. Okay. And then there's mold. Right. Think about all the flooding that's happening across the globe, intensifying storms and heat waves. All of that means perfect conditions for mold to develop, especially in communities or housing developments that aren't in good shape to begin with. That said, there's no way to say that any specific mold infestation is caused by climate change. Just that in general, mold does better in those warm, wet conditions that climate change is making more common. Right. That's that's important to point out. And you cover mold a lot. You actually cover housing with WAMU. That's right. And in fact, that's how I met Stephanie. Okay. I visited her old apartment complex a while back for a story about the problems that residents faced with mold infestations. And mold is a big part of the reason Stephanie's family ultimately decided to move, even though that didn't actually solve the problem. Oh, man. Okay, so tell me more about Stephanie. How old is she? What's she like? She's 13. She has long, wavy brown hair. She's actually almost my height. Uh-huh, but maybe. you're pretty short. <laughs> <laughs> maybe 5'2", five 5'3". Five 
She's been playing soccer since she was in kindergarten, and she likes to wear sporty clothes like this cool pair of Adidas track pants that she had on the last time I saw her. Right on. Let's see. Uh, her parents are originally from El Salvador. She's the oldest of her mother Eleanor's three children. Her sister's 11, and then her brother's two and a half. But there are times when a Stephanie likes to be the one treated like the baby, like when her asthma starts to flare up. Um, it was a Sunday, and I was coming back from church, and um, I was coughing, and my mom was worried, so she made me hot chocolate, and that got better. Hot chocolate did it? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's awesome. and it's So sweet. Right? But <sighs> hot chocolate doesn't solve asthma. I mean, what happens when she has a really bad attack? Yeah, I mean, it's really intense. Eleanor says she's taken her daughter to the hospital for asthma attacks more than 20 times. Wow. Both women got emotional when they talked about the worst asthma attack as Stephanie had when she was just four years old. So I was working and my si- she was with my sister and she said, Judora uh, is here and she feeling, be- she feeling very bad. And I said, what happened? She she can breathe very well, feeling really bad, and I had headaches, and I wanted to throw up. I was really hot, like I wanted to take everything off. And she said, "You have to come." And I talked with the, my boss, and I said, "I'm sorry, but I has to, I has to leave." And um, my mom, she said, "Let's go to the hospital because you don't know what you're having right now. You might have an asthma attack." And my mom brought me to the hospital. I was in the back seat laying down because like everything was hurting. We'll find out more about what a Stephanie's family does to try to deal with their daughter's asthma after the break. Support for Terrestrial comes from Westland Distillery. Westland is leading the emerging new category of American single malt whiskey. Distilled, matured, and bottled in the heart of the Pacific Northwest, a region known for its innovative spirit, their whiskeys bring a new and distinctly American voice to the world of single malt. To learn more, visit westlanddistillery.com. Support for Terrestrial also comes from ReachNow Mobility Services by BMW. ReachNow members have access to hundreds of BMW and mini vehicles for flexible one-way trips around Seattle. Listen to your favorite public radio station in comfort and style as you drive to your favorite destination. Don't feel like driving? No problem. ReachNow will pick you up and drop you off. It's the best way to get to the people and places you love. Learn more at ReachNow.com. Eleanor's been working as a housekeeper ever since she moved to the U.S. in the 90s. Her husband, Stephanie's dad, he works in construction. And Eleanor's lucky because her boss is supportive. She said, don't worry, just go home. Let me know if you need more time. But asthma does cost families like Estefanie's a lot of money in lost wages, days off of work, and hospital visits. Nationwide, for every one emergency department visit for asthma, kids miss anywhere between 10 and 15 school days. And so when Estefanie has her attack, Eleanor takes her to the hospital and she's trying to comfort her daughter, but Estefanie is really sick, and Eleanor's having a hard time staying calm herself. I was very, very sad, very um. Stress, a lot of stress, frustrated because, you know, I never been there like this. So they're at Children's National Medical Center. And if you've never been there, it's pretty kid friendly. It doesn't quite feel like a big, scary hospital, but it's really busy. 
Officials at Children's National tell me that each year, anywhere from seven to 8,000 kids end up in their emergency room because of asthma-related issues. That night, Stephanie waited for three hours. Um, the nurses came in and they put me in a wheelchair and they brought me to the room. This is when the fear really kicked in. Stephanie, and remember, at this point, she's just a little kid, not even kindergarten age. She actually ended up staying in the hospital for two days. And I say, oh my God, everything is stop. Like frozen, you know, you can go to work, she can go to the school. And I was very sensitive because um, she was in the soccer team and they were supposed to give it to her um, trophy. And that was the first, the first trophy. And I was crying and, I, and the doctor said, mom, take it easy, don't cry. And I said, that's impossible, I'm feeling very bad. I can only imagine what that must feel like as a mom watching your little kid in the emergency room like that. Um, but Sasha, help us understand what was happening inside Stephanie's lungs in this attack. Basically, asthma is a disease that makes your airways get inflamed and narrow inside. It causes wheezing, shortness of breath, chest tightening, and coughing. And I talked to a guy who's an expert on this. Dr. Stephen teaches the chair of the pediatrics department at Children's National. He's also the director of a kid's asthma program in Washington. Now, he didn't treat a Stephanie personally, but he explained what happens to the lungs during an attack. Normally, your, your tubes in your lungs should be big and wide open like milkshake straws or drinking straws. They should be relatively easy to breathe through. And uh, the uh, air should pass you know, very smoothly through those tubes. But that's not at all what it's like for a kid in the middle of an asthma attack. When a child gets an asthma flare-up or they're having severe day-to-day symptoms, the straws may look more like coffee straws. Uh, they may uh, be much thinner, more difficult to breathe through. And I mean, everybody knows that coffee straws are pretty much useless if you actually want to drink your beverage. Right. But basically, <laughs> I mean, her lungs were so inflamed that they were closing up on her. Yep. And so this attack, it actually had a lot to do with where Stephanie's family was living. When she was first diagnosed with asthma about 10 years ago, Stephanie and her family lived at that apartment complex I mentioned that had the mold problems in pretty much every unit on the property. The mold... It, it always grew, and they always came inside our house to, like, paint over it so it can, like, stop growing, supposedly, but it always kept on going, and it's, like, the humidity. At the time, I visited her neighbor's place. The mold, it looked like little black spots just dotting the walls, and they were sort of clumped together, almost like a frozen ant colony, underneath and around the windows. The apartment had a musty sour odor. Oh yeah, totally. Like anybody knows that smell when you walk into a like a dingy basement or it just it hits you as soon as you walk in. Definitely. I mean, but to be clear, we're not saying that this mold in a Stephanie's apartment was caused by climate change. We're just pointing out that with extreme weather events, flooding, warmer temperatures, that that will be a great mix in which more mold will grow and more kids like a Stephanie could be exposed to it. Right. And so in their case, checkup after checkup and emergency visits in between, doctors kept urging Eleanor, get your sick daughter out of there. They say it's not good for her. It's not good, that place is not good for her. That's why we take her, I mean, we take the decision to move, yeah. They chose to move because of asthma. Yeah, it was a huge part of it. They moved 10 miles north to a leafy suburban neighborhood. 
and the schools in the new neighborhood are much better. But this must have been a really hard choice. I mean, this is a little kid. She's getting pulled out of her school or community. That's a big change. Yeah, it was. They had lived there for a decade, and Stephanie's cousins still live there. I mean, there are lots of kids still living at that housing complex. We go there because of our cousins, and I always go, like, there was this one time that we passed through, like, like to where um, our old apartment used to be, and um, it just brings back a lot of memories. And if you haven't already guessed it, their new place is more expensive. I mean, we're talking a $2,400 a month mortgage compared to the $1,200 that they used to pay in monthly rent. That is a big increase. And I'm wondering, though, in this you know new, less polluted suburban neighborhood, there's no mold, right? So her asthma must be getting better. Nope. So what's going on? Because they went from mold to pollen. I see. So they swapped out the mold spores for some pollen spores. Right, which experts like Dr. Teach say also thrives in the conditions created by climate change. The available evidence does suggest that climate change with its earlier springs, its higher temperatures, more moisture in certain regions, means we're going to see more plant growth, more pollen production, more sustained pollen production. And for kids whose asthma is triggered by spring pollens, and fall pollens too, they can have a much rougher time. All those plants, the trees, the grass, all of it, that's another trigger for Stephanie's asthma. I asked Dr. Teach to go with me to the neighborhood where Stephanie and her family live. So here we are on a school playground, and it's encircled by tall, mature trees. And in the springtime, these trees flower and produce literally billions of pollen spores. And those pollen spores cascade down from these trees around us and right on top of the heads of the kids playing outdoors, you know, right on the jungle gyms here on the baseball field. Oh, man. So Stephanie's family moves to this area. They're thinking they're doing something great for their daughter. And I mean, on on so many levels they are, but you're saying it might actually be making things worse for her in terms of the asthma. Well, yes and no. Okay. Because where they were before was definitely full of triggers, too. Now it's just the pollen. Is there a time of year that it happens more often? In the sum, in the spring and summer. Why? Because of the pollen, because the pollen just comes out because, you know, winter finishes and then, you know, all the flowers come out and they start like with the pollen and the wind, it just blows the pollen and it goes, ugh, it's terrible. Stephanie's basically a hermit during the spring and fall. I asked her what she likes to do after school and even though she loves playing sports, when there is a lot of pollen outside, I don't really go outside. So no two years are the same when it comes to pollen counts. It's dependent on the weather. But in general, the warmer it gets outside, the longer the growing season, and the worse as Stephanie's asthma is. How's she doing now? Well, even though the new neighborhood has its own set of challenges, everyone seems to agree she's better off there than in the old apartment. She's making new friends. She's looking forward to playing soccer next year in high school. And now that she's a bit older, Stephanie feels like she's getting better at managing the disease. She uses her inhaler twice a day, once in the morning before school and again in the evening. And so what can kids do as they get older to manage their asthma, like like a Stephanie? Well, think about it like this. When kids play outside, pollen sticks to their hair. And then they go home and they rest their heads on pillowcases at night, and it sits there. And that triggers their allergic symptoms. So things like washing your clothes right when you get home, that can make a huge difference. Experts told me that a lot of it is just about containing the pollen as much as possible. And Eleanor says she only cleans Stephanie's room when she's not there, because stirring up the dust and pollen can be triggering. But I mean, there's still no good solution, Ashley. 
At the Velasquez house, there's a large window near the table they eat at, which is actually where we sat and talked. And I remember that as Stephanie got up at one point and she just slightly parted the curtains to peer at the yard, kind of like what you see people do in the movies when they're housebound or they're afraid to go out. But we're talking about a 13-year-old kid and she would really love to go outside. Sasha, thanks so much for talking with us. Thank you, Ashley. Terrestrial is edited by Annie Aviles. Our producer and sound designer is Jonathan Hirsch. Lila Cherneff is our fact checker. Kristen Lepore leads our audience development. And Augusta Chapman is our associate producer. Our managing producer is Brendan Sweeney. Thanks to WAMU for partnering with us on this episode. Our theme music is by the band Tremor. Terrestrial was developed with support from the NPR Story Lab and were produced out of KUOW in Seattle. I'm Ashley Ahern. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.